Hello? How did you get this number? Don't you know he's listening? The 13. He's here. You have entered The 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to The 13. I'm your host, Ryan 13. Today on the show, we have Brandon Lee. Not Brandon Lee from The Crow, but might as well be because he's just as fucking cool. Um, He is the original lead singer of Razor 13, uh, one of my greatest and oldest friends and a fantastic person. And we have a really great long conversation, which I'm going to break into two parts. And uh, I mean, we talk about the band uh, Razor 13 in the beginning and all the stuff that we've done, just, you know, friendship stuff. It's just a really fantastic conversation with a with a good old friend. Uh, Brandon has um, you might you may notice at the beginning that his voice sounds a little um, strained or whatever, and that, and that gets explained in the episode. So he does have a little bit of a, a more raspy voice than I do. Well, anyway, here's the episode. What is going on, everybody? This is the 13. I'm your host, Ryan 13. And today I am joined by the crow himself, Brandon Lee. But more importantly, he's the original lead singer of Razor 13, one of my friends for goddamn almost fucking 20 years, if not fuck. Yeah, yeah pretty close. Getting pretty close. And Brandon, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate this. How you been? Falling apart, getting old with age, but it's part of rock and roll, metal, all that shit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, my knees fucking hurt. Oh, my God, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> but no, I'm doing good. I love life. I love where I'm at in life. I love um, I love everything that I've gone through to get where I'm at. Um, oh, yeah. I'm married to my best friend. And couldn't be happier. I mean, dude. it's good. Hell yeah. That's great, dude. Oh. All the ailments and everything. Wouldn't trade it for the world awesome don uh my wife always is always we have uh the thing you made us in the window the old oh, yeah. frame with the, that's still up here awesome. it's one of our favorite pieces it's in the middle of the living room don fucking loves it and talks about it all the time in fact we actually incorporated other pieces of art uh around it you know to stuff that tried to look try to mimic it you know she actually has like like a big R and a D with the little and symbol. Mm-hmm. And she's actually mm-hmm. out in the garage scuffing the, this and symbol to try to make it look all aged. Like the thing, like the window you uh, had given us. dude. So that's a great piece for us. So we love the fuck out of it. So, thank well, you. I appreciate you appreciating it as much as you did. I mean, I was fantastic. Oh no. I'm always creating. I mean, I've always been an artist, but, uh, I thought it'd be something good for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And we love it. So like one of the things, guys, uh, listeners here. Um, so one day I'm sitting around Big Mike and you guys have known Big Mike from uh, the first season of the show. Uh, uh, 
he's not called Big Mike anymore. He has a different name. He calls himself Bones now. That's a whole other story. Uh, and you can go watch that episode and check that out right here. Um, but anyway, like we, uh, I don't know. Me and Big Mike have known each other since I was 12. And one day he's like, hey, I want you to join a band with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, whatever. I'd already been in two bands with him before. And it didn't really work out so well. <clears throat> so I kind of thought he was joking. But then all of a sudden, Big Mike and Boss, this is what we call Brandon Boss back then. Or do we still call you Boss now? No, not in the Boss thing. Well, anyway, we called him Boss back then. And then they show up to a show. Where the fuck was that show at? It was at the Trees in Dallas. That was at Trees? And it was okay. cold as fuck, dude. It was. I, I There's a photo of it. Because I remember us I waiting outside. We were smoking the shit out of cigarettes, fucking just talking about shit, fucking late at night. Cold as fuck, dude. Yeah, it was at Trees. King's X was playing. And me and Mike came over there. And, and you brought uh, me a we, tell you ride base. We went to lunch or to dinner at some place. Oh, and yeah. then uh yeah. I brought a base because I wanted you to be my basis. Yeah, the tell you ride. I love that fucking thing. I still don't know what happened to it. Yeah, I can't remember what the fuck I did with it. <laughs> like I love that thing. It was cool, man. I played on you guys brought it to me and I and the tour had to keep going. And um like so I just I was, wanted to give it to you so you could fucking have something that was yours to fuck around with because I wanted you to start fucking thinking, you know, right then. Yeah. Cause we me and Mike already had our fucking juices flowing. Cause already at that point, me and Mike had already it was Griffin 13 was the right. very first yeah, me and Mike. Shitbird and Colt. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy. That dude was terrible. And, uh, his name was Jeremy. I mean, sorry, sorry, shitbird. I mean, I didn't know your name was Jeremy. You guys yeah. always refer to him as shitbird. Yeah, he was terrible, dude. Uh, but he was just a kid, dude. I sure, mean, he yeah. was back then. He, he was just a fucking kid. So, yeah. and I expected more just because at that point in my life, what I was 35 years old and I was wanting fucking things done in a serious way Absolutely. instead of in a uh, 20 something year old way, which, right. <clears throat> you know, but uh, Colt. I love that dude. That dude was awesome. He's a good drummer. He was really cool. He was cool. He came to the Razor 13 CD release party in 2009, actually. He was there. I was like, oh, really? Colt's fucking here. You know, Gabe and the whole clan from. That's awesome. You know, you know, Doc passed away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I heard about that. And that was, uh, I was very surprised about that. Actually, Doc. After I left the band, he was my doctor for a short period of time. Okay. After I'd heard, whenever I left the band, I'd started working at Harley Davidson dealership, hurt my yeah, back, right. lifting a fucking motorcycle. Yeah. Anyways, went to him. And uh, so I was being treated there and stuff and uh, all that. And then switched doctors or something. And I, you know, I didn't, you know, keep up with him after that or whatever, but right. Yeah, I think I talked to him like once in 2012, maybe 13. And then uh, I, I mean, me and Betty are, are friends on on Snapchat or whatever. But like, I, I mean, I don't I don't even talk. The only person I talk to is is Mike Yeah, from from the family. Sometimes Gabe, because I think Gabe's a trucker now. He's fucking rocking and rolling, doing his own thing. Huh. It's, it's, yeah, it's That's pretty, cool. Um. 
so anyway, so like the uh what's Jake doing? Sorry I to interrupt your thought. No, I don't, don't know. know. Okay. Um the last time Mike and me talked about Jake, he was actually with Jake and they were driving around somewhere. Hmm. And he was like, I'm actually with Jake right now. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Tell him I said hi, because I love Jake, dude. He was yeah. a great guy. But yeah, I have no last I don't have any huh. idea what he's doing. Hey, Jake, hmm. come on a podcast. There you, you go. Your um, next guest. Yeah. But so um you guys gave me this base at trees. I went and I was as soon as the show was over and everybody had left, I went in the back lounge of the tour bus and I started playing on it. And I'll never forget Doug from King's X saying, excuse me, you're playing it like a guitar. Stop it. I didn't know any, I don't know any better. Dude, a, I wanted you to play it like a guitar. That's what I, I told you. Whenever I gave you that, I envisioned you playing like Rex yeah. fucking that's how I wanted you to fucking dig into it and fucking play it. Cause I knew you could, Mike was playing lead, but I wanted you to play lead, but it being the bass, you sure. know, just the, the equal of Mike's fucking stuff because you, anybody can throw a fucking bass line, you know, bass line sure. down. And, but I wanted you to fucking be up there fucking competing. And, you know, that's what I, well, it was. Remember, remember life uncertain, life uncertain and black tooth grin were the, there might have been a third one uh, that you guys gave me, but there's definitely it was those two songs mm. that you guys gave me a recording of, and, yeah. and I got to listen to and try to figure stuff out. And that Mike had my Mike had this weird. You remember this? Um, I don't know if I got mm. this after you or not, but like Mike had this weird like. No, I do remember that. Yeah, Mike had this weird tapping thing where it's like. I can't even do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's out of tune. But like that for life uncertain. And that was mm -hmm. so cool because it made me feel cool. Even though Mike wrote that, by the way, and showed me how to play it. But like mm -hmm. that was so much fun to do. It was like, oh, we're doing life uncertain and I get to do my little fucking tapping thing. That thing. Was, yeah, that was so and that was a great song, dude. I went back and listened to it not too long ago. And I was like, fuck yeah, that song still is still great. Even it's even though it's you know in demo versions or whatever we right. never got to really uh, record it properly. Right. But that, that song I wrote that song for this girl that oh man that was back right whenever I, we first started it had to be right before the band started a girl got kidnapped and murdered and stuff and it was just it just dug at me and I'd go late in bed and then fucking wake up and be like thinking about shit lyrics and stuff like fuck it i'll think about it write it down tomorrow i did that one time i never made that mistake again because you don't fucking remember shit the next day right so you get up and go to your computer and then you fucking start typing it down and then you start typing it down and then you're fucking sitting there and then fucking 30 goddamn fucking minutes four hours later it's like <laughs> and then you write fucking songs but i mean that's how it that's how it happens you have to fucking scoop it up while it's there dude absolutely dude i there's only been one time that i ever heard a song in my head uh when i was sleeping or whatever and like i woke up out of the dream and i it was the perfect song and i went to the guitar and i started playing trying to play it and my skills were lacking and mm. probably still are even if i had that dream today to go play it i couldn't fucking recreate the thing i heard in my brain man so like yeah like yeah it's, you absolutely have to go grab it it sucks that you you feel like you had this master you don't feel it you know what you yeah. had 
and you lost it because you couldn't capture it. But is it worth having that? Knowing that you had that for a split second that you can kind of replay, or would you rather have just a watered down version that you can recreate all the time? That doesn't mean as much. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, like, but I can't even remember that song. I can't even remember what it sounded like. It's like one time I took acid when I was in high school and I, re I realized what the whole world, <laughs> I realized what life was all about. And, um, like, like the meaning to life came to me and I was sitting there smoking a cigarette and I remember I stared into the butt or not the butt, but the, the embers of the smoke. Yeah. The smoke. And I was like, Holy fuck. And I went running up the stairs to go tell my two friends who are both now dead. That's a different story, but like running up there to go tell them the meaning of life. And I ran up the stairs and I was like, guys, I figured it out. The meaning of life. And they looked at me and they were all tripping too. And they're like, what is it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Cause you know, you just that quick. Well, you no had way. it. And you, by the time you fucking got all the way up to the top, you fucking forgot what you were up there for almost. I mean, yeah, that's right. I didn't even know it happens. That shit happens. So, so, okay. So we started razor 13 or let me rephrase this. I was brought into Razor 13 after Griffin 13. Right. And you guys changed it to Razor. And I told okay. Mike that I whenever we were we we're done with Griffin 13. So I didn't know what the name of the band was going to be. I told Mike, we're just gonna get the guys and then I'll figure it out. And <clears throat> at the time I was train weight training with John Razor. Oh yeah, the razor, the man, and uh, fucking weight training with it, and that's how actually Mike and I got together. I'll back us up even further than this a little bit. Okay. Mike came in 2004. I opened up my tattoo shop, and Mike was getting some work done by an artist named Brian. And uh, at some point, Mike had tried to talk to me about music or something, or what. I was off in some la la land doing something i don't know what the fuck but i wasn't paying attention i'd met him before but i didn't recall just because sure. i was busy doing something anyways um i was talking to john we were training and uh he said you need to give a big mic blah 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 you know he, he lately likes this stuff and this and this and i had just started and it's embarrassing but I had just started really listening to Pantera and stuff only about that time. Whenever we started music, okay. I started listening to Chris Cornell. I hadn't listened to Chris Cornell that much before okay. um, I started in the bands. It I'd always been, I love music, all of all kinds of music, country rap, you know, metal rock, you name it, you sure, know, yeah. growing up, I was, listening to Elvis and the Carpenters in my mom's Monte Carlo on fucking eight track, you know? Yeah. And it was cool, but I've always loved different kinds of music anyways. Yeah. John, John and I are training and shit. And he's like, man, you need to get with big Mike he fucking digs this music. And I'm like, all right, cool. Cause at that point I decided I'm fucking 34, had a tattoo shop and I wanted to become a vocalist in a fucking band. Yeah. Hell yeah who the fuck thinks that just out of the fucking blue dude at 30 for one fuck yeah let's for go one, <laughs> for one i'd always had stage fright i never wanted to be in front of people i didn't want to fucking perform in front of somebody but i was in 
was a percussionist in band, marching yeah. band, uh, concert band, all that stuff growing up. But I never wanted to get in front of somebody. It was very difficult for me to even karaoke. Sure. Oh, dude, I suck at karaoke. <laughs> well, and that's what's funny is karaoke is karaoke. But for some reason, I started listening, you know, to Chris Cornell. Uh, I was just listening to his vocals. I wasn't, li- I was listening to Soundgarden. I was listening yeah. to Temple of the Dog. Oh, yeah. I was listening to all that stuff. I wasn't listening so much as the music. I was listening to his vocals. And that was all that, that I was listening to. Sure. For, I don't know how long. That was it. That was it. That was it, dude. Because it was just amazing. Oh, absolutely. Very few people can fucking even compare to the level of Chris Cornell in his, in his yeah. days. I mean, yeah, that I was saw, just Dude, was I amazing. saw them. They opened up. I, I never saw them the whole time they were a band until they got back together and they actually opened for Nine Inch Nails at the Cynthia Woodlands Mitchell Pavilion in Houston, Texas, and or well, the Woodlands, Texas, I guess. And I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm going to get to see Chris Cornell. This is fucking fantastic. And I watched them live mm-hmm. and he fucking nailed everything. There was mm-hmm. no, there was no fuck ups. There was no right. like flubs. It was like, He's still getting after it. He almost did it better than he did it on the records. I was like, holy crap. And then, you know, he died and all that shit. But Shannon and I, we, uh, fuck, dude. The first time I saw Chris Cornell, went to Austin and saw him with a friend of mine. She's one that got me hooked on Chris Cornell. Okay. And uh, so we had the opportunity to go to Austin and see Chris Cornell when he was with audio slave yeah yeah and then um after that the next time we saw him shannon and i it was after he had released um god damn it his solo uh, album it was the um, the rap one with timbaland uh scream scream he released it and what was really crazy is you chris cornell doing hip-hop music background tracks you know and that that album is really fucking good. There's a lot of freaking vocals on there that are really fucking awesome. And it just, it's, it was totally different. So it was a little bit of something for somebody in the hip hop or the not so edgy, sure, you know, rock. They have the opportunity to maybe like, because, you know, not everybody likes that. But anyways, right. we went to Austin and saw him perform for that. And I was gonna. I was very uh, skeptical on how he'd pull it off with the hip hop tracks and the you know the bass and just the way that the whole atmosphere. It was exactly how you would expect it. Perfect yeah. performance. Fucking nailed everything. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't fucking weird. Which going to see that it seemed kind of weird, but it wasn't weird at all. It was. It was yeah. just. It just seemed natural. And then um, the last time. We got to go see him. We drove up to Oklahoma at Kane's Ballroom okay. and uh, saw him play there. And it was uh, in his solo. And we, uh, Shannon, actually, this is how incredible my wife is, gets a hold of a local radio station there, gets a hold of somebody, DJ something. And we get to 
go up after the concert, go meet and greet in the back. Cause she contacted this dude and said, Hey, you know, we're coming up from Waco and blah, blah, blah. And we got to meet him, shook his hand twice. Freaking awesome wow. dude. Got his autograph. She printed out these lyrics that we have printed and, and framed of his, some of his songs, four of his songs. And he signed all of them, signed our ticket wow. stubs. Freaking. It was incredible. Dude. That's and then so cool. it was awesome. It was, it, it was, it was incredible. And then the morning that I had to tell her that they found him dead. And that was, that was fucking awful. Yeah. It, it made me sick. Yeah. It, it fucked me up with, with the way it happened. There's a conspiracy. There's a lot of conspiracies there's, with that too. I, I don't believe anything for what I see any, any more on TV. I don't believe yeah. a single thing I see. Right. But I know for a fact, you don't hang yourself with a goddamn fucking exercise band. Yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, okay. And I mean, I just with I, Chester like a year or two later, right? No, it wasn't that even, even. It was maybe a year. Maybe a year. I mean, it wasn't very long after that. On the day? No, I think it was on the day. It wasn't very long. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember, but it, it wasn't very long. But no, so, that's fucking. It's. I have no idea. It's just terrible. Yeah. And I hope like fuck nobody ever finds out that something nefarious that was you know yeah like done that I don't know. It's no Epstein awful. stuff. Right. You know exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's terrible. Back in my thirties, in my early forties, maybe I felt like nothing can stop me. I yeah. opened my tattoo shop. I was fucking, you know, I wanted to be in bands. I wanted to go fucking have fun and shit because I didn't have the best childhood growing up and shit. It was, it fucking sucked. And that's a, for, you know, whole different stories and shit like that. Sure. But I was like, you know, I want to fucking do this. I want to be a rock star. Anyways, John's like, all right, here's Mike's number, blah, 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 whatever. Send him a message or I don't even remember back then. Send him a message or call him or whatever yeah a call oh man remember when we used to call each other (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm like all right dude here's my house address blah 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 and i'm at my house chilling dude fucking time going by fucking what the fuck we got my phone and i'm like and on the first day and i'm like this is not what I want to fucking deal with. You know, I'm very big on first impressions. Sure. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of how I, how I am. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, God damn it, dude. So finally, I don't know if it's a couple hours later or something. He said his fucking truck broke down the green truck that he used to have the old one that. Oh yeah. Something with the fucking truck. I'm like, all right, dude, fucking text me, you know, something. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, a response. Sure. But nothing. And so I'm sitting there fucking waiting literally hours and shit. So I'm like, fuck, dude. He finally shows up. And I had a, a old Dean guitar that uh, I'd picked up from artist of mine, actually, Brian, the guy that was working on Big Mike that day. He pawned the guitar or something, so... I got it out of pawn. I was like, fuck, I'll take it. It's a Dean guitar. It's an old school Dean, yeah, you know, the right. Mike had. Yeah. And I had this guitar. I said, 
he he had a some piece of crap blue something i don't know what it was, well, it was but, like that um, ibanez like the, the cheap ibanez uh, or whatever it was i mean it was he wasn't happy with it. it wasn't i mean it was it didn't fit him it wasn't you know it was what it was sure i hand him a guitar i say i hand it to him i say this is yours just don't be late again yeah i gave it to him i gave him a guitar that's what i wanted i want you to have this just yeah. don't be late. Don't waste right. my time. Right. That lasted zero days because he's always fucking late with everything. And it, it's it really true. sucks. It really sucked because. Sorry, I'll Mike, that, but it's true. It, but it's, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. It really sucks back then going through the things. But like I said earlier, I wouldn't change a single thing that I've gone through. The shitty things, the awesome things, the yeah. fucking just worst things. I wouldn't change a single one of them because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you with you guys and right. fucking I wouldn't be married to my best friend. Hell yeah. And I wouldn't have an awesome life, even though I'm busted up and shit, surgeries and shit last year. And I'll tell you about those here in a little bit. Okay. Um, but, you know, I'm in a good spot. So, you know, good. I'm not trying to be fucking, you know, bitchy about Mike and stuff. Had he not been so tardy all the time and his drive and ambition might be better. It, we might be sitting here fucking being millionaires. I might not be married to fucking with, Shannon. I mean, it might. Sure. Mm, with Mike's I mean, talent, with Mike's talent. Dude. And I literally talked about this uh, yesterday with uh, somebody else, at, but I was mentioning Mike. I was like, he's so fucking talented. It's so crazy. But I might, I mentioned, and and you remember this, remember when we were like, 2005 2006 2007 yeah i think like we were like we had a scheduled practice and uh first it started in waco then it ended up in marlin right and we were doing it in marlin all the time and then um me and j-rab would be at practice even when i lived in waco and would mm. drive into marlin we'd right. be at practice at the two o'clock or whatever time it was that we had scheduled it for and mike yeah. would still be asleep oh i know yeah. And we finally got me and J Rab finally got tired of it. And you too. And so it would just be like me playing bass, J Rab playing drums, and you coming in there and singing until he woke up and got in there. Yeah. It but it's just that's that's what it was. I mean, it is what it is. And sure. right. God love it. I love the dude to death. He's I love one of my too. favorite people I'm, on this planet. Yeah, me too. And I have 100%. very few people that I hold in that high regard. Sure. Yeah, me too. And my and you guys you know are in that um big mike most talented guy in the world take them fucking sausage fingers and fucking i, I don't know how you fucking do it dude i've got little fucking kind of i got tiny hands but i yeah. i feel like my hands are you kind do. of a little you know dexterous or some yeah. shit but he's <laughs> like a... fucking he's like going it's like I'm like, -do 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 -do. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? It's like He's fucking so a hot dog contest slapping all over the fucking place, dude. It's yeah. fucking crazy. He was so good, though. Like, you're it's, like, how it's is incredible. He fucking doing I don't fucking do it. I don't know. Isn't yeah. I don't know. I got I got shake his hand. It's like big fucking giant hands. And it's like, God damn, dude. How do you fucking? Because I got little pointy fingers and I can't fucking get the fucking things. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Anyways, so yeah, the guitar thing, he kept that guitar and it didn't motivate him really that much. But, you know, it is what it is. So, 
you'd have like I'm I'm sure you because you had been in the Griffin 13 before Razor 13 happened. So you probably ended up once you guys ended up actually creating music or playing the songs you guys were playing cover songs a lot uh, i think i remember yeah um, yeah, yeah and yeah. then um i i just remember well let me let me back up a little bit i know that i've had some amazing conversations with uh, big mike about music so you probably sat in the truck with him or or sat in sat on a porch or whatever and hung out and just had like these what Mike would say with dreams of grandeur, you know, like these amazing fucking talks about what we're going to do and where we're going to go. And I know oh, we yeah. did it. I know we did it at razor Thir- with razor 13. And, and you know what, like we fucking did some pretty great shit. Thanks to doc, you know, fucking sent us to California and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, we were able to, we, that part of our it. lives would, we wouldn't, another, that's another thing. Just that one block of our lives. If it wasn't, in our lives, we wouldn't be here. That's We'd right. We'd be off in fucking some goddamn crazy direction, dude. Who knows? That's a hundred percent. I'd be in the but army. No. no, I wouldn't be. They wouldn't let me in because of my tattoos. <laughs> but that was before 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> Different story. Yeah. Uh, um <clears throat> okay, so uh you gave Mike the guitar. Mm. Um Mike continued to be late, which is understandable because that's yeah. how it always was. but dude, I I I would write these songs like I was telling you earlier. I'd I fucking get up at night, fucking just typing, dude. I mean, I've got some cool lyrics and stuff that that um, I still want to do at some point. Maybe do some kind of songs. You know what's cool but, is you've, I'm looking at your setup right now, and it kind of looks like we can do that. That would be awesome. I've got to do everything go set up here. To, I have everything set up here to be able to to write and create. I have an internet band. Uh, like we can do all kinds of stuff and we don't even have to like hang out i mean i would love to hang out but well, what of i'm course. saying is we can we all have yeah. a busy schedule so we could but we could still do this yes from You're, where we're at um we are in the process oh of yeah i was gonna play this song for you leonard right. cohen yeah okay all right here we go it's pretty cool well open up god damn it it's pretty cool oh wow i hear the hi-hat everything else is drowned out because that microphone is fantastic yeah your microphone is doing exactly what it's supposed to do (laughs) Like drown out the background noise, and that's what it, all I can hear is. I heard, but then it just became this. So tell me the song, so I can uh, okay look it up real quick. You want it darker, is what it's called. You want it darker. It's by Leonard Cohen. The reason why I'm saying this is because my new fantastic voice that I have is permanent because of the fucking. Um, Next surgery I had last year, the doctor okay. fucked up my fucking neck. And so oh, okay. Let's talk, let's talk about that in a second. Cause like I did notice that you're a little uh no, more we'll go in graspy. It's a, little bit a more... big old fucking ordeal. Is it really? Yeah. So you had neck surgery. Mm-hmm. And like what for? Like you have a five and six in my neck up. that uh, were fucked up. Uh, yeah. last year at 
July. I had my lower back fused okay. three, four, and five vertebrae done. The mm. following month, same doctor fused my neck in my five and six and five and six in my neck. Well, in order to do that, he cut me in my neck here and pushed everything over to the side in order to just put the plate through the front. Sure. Ooh. Apparently he did something fucking wrong. And now my vocal cord on the side is uh, 80% paralyzed. It hasn't gotten better. It's uh, been over a year now. And he said he's never had anybody that their voices stayed this way for longer than a year. Oh, man. So, and I went for the next surgery um, because uh, from doing tattoos and shit for so long, fucking for years, just leaning over, and my lower oh, yeah. back was shot, my neck. Right. Um, the nerve that runs from your neck all the way down to your fucking, your yeah. whatever nerve the radial nerve the ulnar nerve whatever it is that runs these three fingers my fingers were getting numb real bad and i couldn't hold anything grasp anything shit so he went in to fix that it fixed that i haven't had that problem but now i have um another problem yeah my voice it's hard to swallow it fucking hard to breathe it took me a long time long time to teach myself how to speak again Oh, shit. Because I have to use a lot more um, of my diaphragm, a lot more yeah. vocal, push right. my words out because my my uh, vocal cord isn't firing the way it's supposed to. Holy shit. Yeah. Actually, I got a video. I can I want to do it like this, and you're going to see it here in a second. Dude, see. that fucking sucks, man. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so, So have you been able to like sing in the shower or like no i can't sit i mean nothing i can maybe you can growl now Bring see if i can get it where they oh that's my is. lower back that's oh my, my lower God. back star. holy fuck yeah it's brutal dude so they that so your back was fucked you're thinking it was fucked from all the tattoo stuff or yeah just years of leaning over bad posture fucking well, i have bad posture i have ter- dude i ran my head into a wall in 2019 like smack dab straight into it and my neck goes every time i'm, I'm i hear it right now like it ain't good there's a picture of the plate in my well God damn it. Uh, no i can what? see it i can, can see you? it yeah oh my god yeah right there holy cow let's see Oh, that's my lower back with the three sets of screw things in there, whatever. Oh, my God. Hey, dude, you know what's cool, though, is you're like legitimately metal now. Yeah. You got do you have a card that you can like show the airport when you walk through? It's titanium. They won't fucking set it off. Oh, okay. But no, the doctor fucking put a scope down my throat. Fucking, he like numbed up a cotton ball, shoved it up my nose. And that was crazy. He pulls it out and then he sticks his camera up through there and looks down, has me speak and shit. My vocal cords are fucking, you know, they're supposed to move at the same time. And one's going, and this one's just kind of flopping around. Just fucking. Oh, no. 
So I don't know. We're dealing with that. Just trying to one thing at a time. I don't sure. know what I'm going to do. Well, at some point, I'm going to figure something out. Anyways, um, Leonard Cohen has a cool voice like mine. And so I was yeah. thinking, hmm, I like this kind of style thing that he does. He's not alive anymore, but it's a really cool song. Okay. Anyway, long story short, the idea of getting your vocals back, does that thing, does that... Dude... It was pretty possible like to go further than you are now or no. I mean, if they, they said that they could go in and put some fucking injection into my focal cord, fucking silicone or some shit fucking. And it's not guaranteed to fucking fix it. It might make it a little better, but it's not permanent. And it's like, what the fuck's the point? I'm not going to fucking get put to sleep just to fucking be your experiment and see what the fuck. Right. We're going to go to some Razor 13 touring stuff. We're going to jump ahead from where we were before because we've been doing this for a little while now, and this is great, and I like to keep these about you know an hour to two hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's jump. Okay, so I... Hmm, oh, I know where we can jump to. J-Rab shows up. J-Rab comes, and he... Because he J-Rab came to Waco before I did. And uh, I guess you guys had you guys had that rehearsal space in Waco. At oh, that yeah, little, over on that, Franklin. Over on Franklin. Where we had that show where Marzi showed up. Yes, and which was fun. We bought all these, uh, or Doc bought all the pizzas. Mm-hmm. We had all the pizzas and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. And I remember, um, so J-Rab calls me after the tour and is like, dude, this is so much fun. And then Big Mike called me and Big Mike called J-Rab rock solid. That was his thing. Like, dude, this motherfucker can play. This is great. And uh, J-Rab did not know how to play to a click then, but that's a different story. J-Rab, I'm calling you out. I'm not really calling him out. He J-Rab knows he couldn't play to a click back then. But so you guys... He could had, if he wanted to. If he wanted to, if he cared enough to maybe. But like, so you guys had had some time with J-Rab before I showed up, or at least Mike did. Did, did you and J-Rab and Mike like jam before I showed up? Because I think I showed up in January. Yeah. And J-Rab came in December. It actually, whenever he showed up, you know, when he got his girlfriend down there or some shit. I don't and know. I think, I think when he first moved down there, he and uh, some old chick that uh, I think she came down from Missouri um, okay. where uh, Doc put him up at the hotel for a week or so or two. Well, I, I do. Remember- I, I don't remember us doing anything uh, really before. That. We might have went to Houston, met Margie, hung out or some shit, but okay. uh, I don't remember um, doing a whole lot of stuff until you came around i so i remember because well it was like this sorry because uh mike and i already had basically you know i mean life uncertain black we did have some you know what we did you were working on texas pound yeah i mean it was we were working on stuff but it really didn't really get worked on until you got there as far as like adding you two guys because Mike and already had basically our shit figured out as 
you know, on a lot of that stuff. And so we didn't want to really, you know, bring him in and then you come in real late. We wanted to kind of slow the process down until you caught up. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I sucked at fucking playing. (laughs) Dude. Big Mike. I I actually have, I have all of these tabs. Uh, I think it's in this door right there. Um, that big Mike wrote, I said, just write me out the tabs, write me what you want me to play and I'll play it. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I'm not a good musician. I'm just like adequate. I can do it. Right. You know, like, okay, show me what needs to be done. I'll do that. I won't look at the crowd. I'll just look at my hands <laughs> and play the fucking thing, but I can do it. And, um, you know, like when I showed up, I guess the, yeah, that was January. I showed up and I remember going to that room it, uh, and so for the audience, everybody like this, this place was a place where people could rehearse. Um, they could do, they could take guitar lessons, uh, things like that. You could rent rooms and do stuff. Yeah. But it was Razor, a rental. Yeah. Yeah. Small Razor stage 13, in there, performance whatever. stage. Yeah. Um, we had the stage. Yeah. It uh, had a couple of uh, personal recording rooms and or uh, teaching. They had a lot of music teaching stuff going on. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. It had a stage in there. Yeah, dude, being on the stage was great. And then Razor, or John, Razor <clears throat> uh, was sitting out in the audience with some other people. The first day I'm there, uh, the first day, well, the first day I'm there, I guess, in front of people, I think it's the first day I was ever there. And and I'm I'm playing the thing like a goddamn guitar, like you wanted. And, and Razor, you know, told mike or something or at least this is my memory and if it if my memory is wrong don't correct me because i like my memory of this razor is like that guy's so much better than the last guy <laughs> like, I all right <laughs> dude i guarantee it that is that's probably toned down or tuned down than what he probably said it was probably <laughs> even better than that so i can probably you- i can probably t- uh tell you for certainty it was it was at least that honest and genuine. So, do okay. So when we were doing, when we were rehearsing there, um, and we were rehearsing there a lot, we J Rab fucking got us the Monster Energy Drink hookup. Mm-hmm. We started getting all the Monster Energy Drink shit and all the whatever and all the cases of Monster Energy and like the the wristbands and whatever, and. I remember one morning I came to practice and I didn't eat breakfast. I just drank three monster energy drinks, three of them. Those fucking. Oh, we had them in the van. We always had them in the back of the van because we were semi what endorsed kind of. Yeah. I mean, they'd give us some shit. They'd give us some merch and (coughs) excuse me. They give us merch and, you know, monsters. It's like, okay. We're like, fuck. Yeah. We're part of the fucking monster. This is great. Anyway, I drank those three. And I'm standing on stage and we're playing probably through Blacktooth. And I just kind of remember being. <laughs> and somebody was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> Cause Dude. no food hangover <laughs> monster energy, drink, three monster energy drinks. No bueno. Don't do that. People. All we used to do. I remember we go to uh, anytime we go to the show, we're going to Houston. We'd always stop at that gas station there in uh, Marlin on the way out and grab Mike, give us some money, grab us a few packs of camels. Yep. Some, Mike would be like, here's some scoots. Yep. 
You always said scoots. Here, take some scoots. Yeah, we oh, get cigarettes. We get cigarettes and we had and monsters. Like, we didn't need anything else. Cigarettes, yeah. and then we grab some crap to eat, and that was it. Yeah, some fucking chips or stop at Denny's or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, dude, we had ah, this is so much fun, guys. And so for the people who are following us, like we're talking about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. 2005. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit longer than that. And so the band starts. We're doing our stuff. We're about four months into the band. And all of a sudden, we're on a tour bus. Mm-hmm. And, and like Big Mike said in Big Mike's uh, podcast, uh, which I guess I'll try to place here. And if not, you can go look right here. It. Yeah, right here, right, right here, over here. Right here. Or up uh, there. So you can hear that Big Mike mentions and correctly mentions that that would not have happened without Doc Crockett or, or <coughs> you know Scott Crockett fantastic human being believed in his son believed in razor 13 and and would put some money and put a lot of money into it and so all of a sudden we're like four months in we've got like six songs maybe and Mm -hmm. we're in we go we go on tour with six past hell we uh and that was awesome dude we started out fucking in houston we started humble I think then we ended up playing in San Antonio at some point. Yeah. Like the white Um, or something, whatever it was upstairs. I have photos of that. Um, yeah, we played bounced around up and down until we went out to California. Yeah. Cause that was once we left, I think it was San Antonio, I think that's when we left to If I knew where my poster was, I could tell you because he'd be right. Oh, anyways, I think I well, I have one laying around here somewhere. Myself. Yeah, but uh, no, that was uh, that was pretty cool, dude. I'm gonna like during all of this, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna right now and right now, I'm gonna be posting all of these photos from this trip because that San Antonio show at the White Rabbit, I keep, I might be wrong. San Antonio, uh, it was. It was something like that. Give but me, it was upstairs, remember? So we went out to L.A. in the tour bus. The gig. Yeah. The big. That was uh, an experience for sure. Being in L.A. amongst all the people that are anti-smoke. Oh, dude. Go remember, somewhere you, and you light up you and, and people me, look fucking at you like you're crazy, oh, dude. Yeah. You and me went down the, I don't know, we walked the, the strip or whatever. And like, we're looking. We I, we didn't have any money. I no, but we were trying to buy some fucking souvenirs, cheap souvenirs and shit. And we found belt buckles. They were uh, belt buckles that would apparently get us in trouble now. Uh, but whatever. They were selling them in California at the time. Mm. Some fucking Confederate flag belt buckles. And mm. I was like, how much is this thing? It was like $275. Yeah. Like, we had like crazy. 50 bucks to our name. I was like, holy fuck. We went into one store there and it, they had like some little jars of like bats and yeah. shit. remember it was some that kind place of was so oddities cool. or some shit yeah because that me was and so you cool. went fucking trekking out on our own and shit because i don't know what mike was doing and j-rab was sick i don't know what he was sick or something i don't know what j-rab may have gone with six past hell i don't know but mike was sick 
you and me went and did our own thing. And then I came back to the bus for a little while. Uh, and then I had my buddy, uh, John, I guess I won't say his last name or whatever, but like had him and his friends come and hang out and smoke a bunch of weed. And I was just so happy that I had a tour bus and I was like, yeah, come to my tour bus. We're going to smoke some pot. This is going to be fantastic. (laughs) Well, fucking this is all coming together and we'll probably miss some shit, but we can go back to it. But fucking, um, you know, we went out there, we went out there to hang out with Mardo and fucking, you know, those guys and shit. So Jags, the fucking guitarist for the member fucking curly hair yep love him still friends with him and his wife on 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 the facebook they're awesome so uh they're like fucking me what was it me you and mike did i don't think j-rab no j-rab did go and the only reason i know that is because i i've seen a photo oh okay but yeah we went they uh had some food for us and shit and then they had that awesome french uh, bulldog yeah they're like, oh yeah, he gets more ass than a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude was crazy. Jazzy, he was cool. Mardo, those guys. Whatever happened, to those guys. Uh, the Mardo brothers. The last I heard, um, so this is eight years ago. I'm about to get married right before you showed up to my wedding. Okay. Um, and I call Aaron. I still have that old number, but he never answers anymore. So, hey, Aaron, if you see this, uh, call me. I still have the same number. Man, um, he was cool, dude. But like Aaron and Rob had switched over to they quit doing Mardo and they started doing music for um, TV shows and film. Really? And so they started scoring things and that's they found that that was their niche. And they're like, this is it. And then and that's what uh, they're doing now. Um, that's or what that's... they were doing eight years ago. And then like Aaron was had a baby on the oh. way with his wife uh, again eight years ago. And. I've sent him text messages. I've sent him like two or three text messages, probably drunk. And been like, Hey, it's me. It's sideburns. Cause he called me sideburns. Remember? I was like, cause I can't grow sideburns. And I was like, Hey, it's sideburns. Uh, what's up, man? How you been? Nothing. So either he doesn't have the same number or he's ghosting me, which is fine. That's yeah. You know, life is life. Yeah. They were really cool. She, dudes. Those really guys were super cool. Ghosted me the other day. But, oh, but he came on the show eventually. But the first day I was like, I felt really shitty about it. I was like, man, he didn't show up. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So we went out there. We hung out with um old uh what did what did Aaron Mardo call him? I like he had a nickname for him, old Bobcat or whatever, Rob. So we went there, we hung out, we had some beer, then we went to the show, we played our show, just like me and Big Mike talked about uh on the thing. They're like, and from Houston, Texas razor 13 and the curtain drops or picks up or whatever and big mike's fucking shit is out and nothing big fat fucking nothing nothing happened yeah what what was interesting is i don't i didn't remember that scott from six past hell came to help us out because the way mike made it sound was like that me and jareb just sat there with our mouths open going like we're like just i mean we're just kind of standing around i don't know exactly how the situation got rectified or what or even to this day really what the problem is some fucking fuse things some fucking thing but you know and here's where people remember things differently than other people right yeah and you know this was a little tumultuous fucking trip already we could back up a few fucking states and fucking you know kind of 
talk about some of the drama on the, the oh, ship. We're, we're gonna we're gonna so yeah, everybody and, remembers things different. Like, did we hit Nevada first? Like that's what I thought. I thought we right. had Nevada and no. then went to LA. No, but no, no. We went to LA. LA. And then, and then Nevada was on the way back okay. because I'll tell you why. Is because whenever we were the first part of the trip, we started in Houston, then went to fucking Austin, then to, and then we went to Club Sin. We started yeah. Houston, then we went to Austin, Louisiana. Louisiana, then back to San Antonio. Okay. And then the san antonio show doc showed up there um we're doing the san antonio show blah 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 we're leaving everybody you know we're getting on the bus and the bar didn't fucking want to pay us they didn't pay us any money and it and nothing new but fuck the bar didn't want to pay and so some dude that was in the crowd. I don't know the dude. I, I think he was some kind of promoter or somebody that somebody knew. I didn't know him personally, but uh, he's like, this is fucked up. Cause we're on our fucking, I mean, we needed that money to fucking grab food and yeah, fucking food, shit, yeah. you know, for our trip. And so the uh, guy's like, I'm going to go back in and fucking see something. Then, you know, come back out and nothing but scott from six pass hell ended up having a hundred dollars more than what he had and so that guy insinuated that you know the the bar owner gave scott the money for us to split right okay that's what the guy was telling me so i'm like sure. what the? all right whatever and so i'm like all right dude and so I asked, you know, we say something and he said he sold some merch or whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude, just for, we get on the fucking ship and get the fuck out of there. <clears throat> so we leave from San Antonio or whatever. And yeah, we go out to LA and then LA is when we kind of split off from, uh, it was you and I and Razor 13 and Six Pills Hell, Hell did yep. their thing pretty much. And, uh, you know, at that point, I was still kind of pissed about the whole fucking money deal because sure. I'm like, you know, fuck, I don't want to be in this position. I don't want to fucking, you know, I don't want to be in any of this. I want to be fucking drinking fucking beer and partying and, you know, taking it easy and shit but now i gotta fucking stress over this shit and doc's telling me not to say anything and i'm like like fine Bing, you're gonna now <laughs> so i'm like all right dude fine cool so we do our show and we'll catch back up to that other deal in a second so we do our show and so there's already kind of a fucking bad vibe you know after san antonio just because I pissed everybody off because I accused somebody of not fucking divvying up our fucking gas money, basically. Okay, okay yeah. And whether I'm right or wrong, I was just going off of what I fucking, you know, know. What you, yeah. And, right. and what I'm told and shit and what makes sense to me or whatever. I might be a thousand percent wrong. And if I am, I apologize tremendously. But um, so it's still kind of a deal. Scott's because I remember Mike was on the phone with Scott and talking to him about it. And Scott, I was pissed. And Scott's like, just fucking chill out, you know, 
don't say anything. I'm like, all right, cool. And so we played, we did the fucking gig deal and the collapse. And then from that point on, people are going to remember differently. But I recall some people thinking somebody sabotaged somebody's equipment. Oh, wow. Wow. And I remember that because I was like, it was a really odd thing to say, but then it's like, you know, it is what it is. Fucking metal, dude. It's fucking, our shit don't work. Fucking Mike thinks something's wrong. Fucking thinking Scott sabotages fucking rig. And I'm like, God damn, this is a fucking freak show. It's like, can't even buy a goddamn belt buckle. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? We ain't got no fucking money. We ain't got <laughs> nothing going on and shit. But it's like, you know, people get paranoid. Fucking people, sure. are, you know, because you're on the road with people, but you're competing with the same people, you know? I mean, oh, well, we were competing uh, you know, as far as a show. For the audience, for the audience, yeah. uh, uh, we were on, I don't know if I said this before, but we had a tour bus with another band, Six Fast Hell, which you've seen some of the members uh, on here already. and. So we were, we had some I think fucking we had like awesome one... times with those fucking. Oh, dudes. we did absolutely. Oh my God. Like, I mean, I'll tell you about this party that they had. The oh, ODC? oh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But like, remember, oh, well, so what I'm saying is, um, the bunks there's about 12 bunks on a bus, uh, if you got a proper one, and I think all of them were filled with band members and maybe one tech. Like, I don't, it wasn't, it was pretty full, <clears throat> it was a full, it was a full bus and normally you'll have a band and their techs you know their stage people and then that's kind of it or if you're super rich you'll just have like you know you (laughs) or whatever but like we didn't have that we everyone was shoved into this thing and drama was about to ensue no matter what happened it was gonna happen just because that many dudes on a fucking tour bus is gonna shit Well, they had one more person in their band as well so yeah right that's true. and then they had a a a, a guy that a roadie guy i don't even remember the dude's name that's what i'm he saying went, was yeah, it red yeah, ex- did red no he didn't go was it he red didn't go okay. so after we finally get mike's equipment done and we play a fucking half-ass set basically practicing because everybody yeah. had fucking left at that point and it was pretty cool because right before that the place was pretty fucking packed. Yeah. The people that were there before watching whoever the fuck they were. And then once they got done, it was like, they're all gone. I was like, yep. well, so I think much it was for six. Pa- I think they came that. to watch six past hell. <laughs> and we played. <laughs> and then it was crazy. That was it. But I yeah, mean, it was, it, it wasn't like we expected. It's certainly I, what we envisioned is, Hey, oh, let's go we play. LA. We were thinking that like fucking uh we we like, you I electro, lacro, the, electro records was gonna be there and like be like, oh I, this is the band. I envision it being like the first time we ever played at the engine room, the first show, the best show we ever fucking played. I think that was the best show we ever fucking played, just because it was the first one. It was just it was awesome. You want to know fucking awesome, dude. You want to know a funny fact about that? You you know the cool photos of you from that show where you're like you're like leaning in, mm-hmm. and you're leaning. In, you're I got my fucking arm cast on my um, yeah, the one where right. I tore my bicep, yeah, right. And it's still fucking cool as fuck. And there's some cool photos of me because I was wearing like a button up shirt or whatever. 
that chick who took those the heaven hell photography yeah i've tried to find that chick so i because I, I know she's got more pictures of it and I'm, i would i want to see them i'm friends you know with her? her yeah oh, she's family she, she uh maybe she's family friends with my wife awesome. they grew up together oh wow and so like uh yeah Dude, I'm, that one picture that i have of me is my favorite it's the first engine room. it was the first time we performed together yeah, live it, it's to my an audience. Favorite besides... fucking, yeah, it's my favorite fucking picture. And I was like, I was searching heaven until photography and I couldn't find anything. I was like, because ah. yeah, I want to see, hey, you got any more fucking pictures? Because, yeah, some other guy. Yeah, that was cool. I will just reach out there. to her, see if she, if she may have. That'd be cool. Uh, well, I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, so like, she is that chick that took the photos of you and me and everybody like she's has always been family friends with my wife and her family. And I didn't meet my wife for years upon years, you know, after, after. Right. And it was like, all of a sudden, like, wait, why do we know each other? (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Great pictures. Oh yeah. They were photos. man. That'd be really cool. There would be cool if she did have some of our first show. The stopping point has to be okay. in Las Vegas. Well, it is. That's what I was going to say at the yeah. at the saloon. Yeah. Saloon bars <clears throat> is where we were. Because that's where I called out Scott, and I pissed okay. him off. And they didn't even play the show there that night. He got so pissed off. They didn't play. We were the only ones that fucking played. Fuck, you're right, dude. I forgot all about that. And it's funny that because whenever... I saw you interviewing him. I was like, I was listening. I was, I was listening right. to all these different things. And, uh, you know, you're talking about Las Vegas and, you know, was, you're talking about, it was a good, great show, whatever. I just remember some, it being a great show. Some drama. And oh, with, with, uh, what's her name and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, let's talk about that. Let's get into that. Some point in there. Um, I don't, I think it was on the way back from LA. We spent the night at a hotel room. We did. Because we'd been on the bus all the nights. And so they had spent the night at a hotel room the night before. And so Six Pass Hell did. So we uh, spent the night in a hotel room. I think it was the night on the way back. It was on the night on the way to Las Vegas. Okay. And... Whenever we got out of the hotel room, we woke up and the bus had fucking sticky floors. Yeah. Fucking everything yeah. was all over the. You remember that shit? Yeah, was, we all sh- like. I don't know if we, we all pissed, shared dude. one hotel room. Yeah. But- well, no, it was it was us, our band. We went and stayed in the room right. while yeah. they stayed and partied on the bus. Yeah. All and night. They got, they got fucked. And up. dude, and the best was it was filthy, dude. Back. It was yeah. filthy. It was sticky. There was shit all over the fucking floors as far as like spilt alcohol. It was yeah. fucking. We were pissed because we we're like, fuck, dude. We're all in here, you know. But we can talk about that in a different way if you want to or whatever. But that. Oh, well, I don't kind of. Dude, that, we can uh, bring it all up. I mean, okay. Well, I, I love the I love the guys. Uh, we're all different people than we were then. We can talk about it. Like in, in my. If anyone's going to get pissed off at anybody, it's going to be me for facil- for facilitating this. You know, like, 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 I don't give a fuck. Like, I want the, I want everybody's aspect of everything because 
dude, there's shit I don't fucking re-. and like you're saying you're like yeah people remembered things a little differently, or you know and like you see things the way you see them and like you bringing this up I fucking forgot like and you're 100 right i know most of us showered most of us you know had an actual night's sleep big mike had been getting over some type of weird sickness like, it's funny that you mentioned jason mcmasters yeah yeah had him on last day. night it's funny that you were talking about that because that was the last show we played in houston and at the where the fuck was that it was the last show on tour that we that we played there because i had uh, that was uh yes with broken teeth yes oh my god it's called oh my god it's still there <laughs> is it fbi it wasn't fbi it wasn't fbi no it was it was uh the other side of town it was um oh my god like somebody just played there the other day i was like oh yeah i remember playing there with broken teeth because that stage was like this big yeah <laughs> I remember passing out on that fucking stage because me and Razor driven up there fucking that day and I smoked and I was, geez, I was. That dude always had. It was awesome. (laughs) I was fucking straight up fucking. It was awesome, dude. I was drinking. Acadia. That's what it is. Acadia. Acadia. It's true. Yo, I mean, seriously, what an amazing conversation so far it has been so great to talk to brandon again i mean we've kept in contact over the years but just having a sit down four hour conversation has been fantastic that's why we're going to end the episode right now um we're i actually only recorded about two and a half hours of it so i'm going to break this up into two parts i think we're running about an hour right now so come back here next week for the second part it's so fun to relive these old memories and talk about this old stuff it feels a little dramatic at some point and it's fucking awesome i love everybody and i love everybody i've ever interacted with especially in razor 13 six past hell that whole period of my life i mean i'm never going to forget that (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> a little emotional about that, but uh, yeah, like this is just, it's just a really good reliving a good time with some good friends. Uh, I love you all. I hope your new year is going well and uh, stay tuned for a part two with Brandon Lee or boss later. <laughs> <laughs>